The EC Podcast exists to equip believers to make disciples and love others for the glory of Jesus Christ. Bobby Payne, and welcome to episode three, Our Stance on Abortion. With me today is Pastor Aaron Case, Pastor Jonathan Mitchell, and Pastor Gary Singleton. Let's open up in prayer for our time together today. Gary, would you open us, please? Sure. Heavenly Father, I thank you again for this time, Lord, just this precious time we can have. Um, uh, be able to join together, Lord, and to... Proclaim the gospel, Lord, uh, to others, Lord. I thank you, Lord, um, for who you are, for your grace, your mercy, your love, patience, and kindness with us, Lord. And Lord, today as we talk about this sensitive subject here at Eden Chapel, Lord, may we just be wise with what we say, with what we do, Lord. May we both empower and encourage other believers to be able to um, stand in the Lord, to stand for children, uh, to stand for uh, the faith, to stand for gospel, Lord. And everything that we do today, Lord, may it be to your glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Gentlemen, thank you again for being here today. Um, we're talking about a pretty heavy subject today. And so, Aaron, I want you to kind of start us off, um, kind of prefacing everything before we get started. Well, sure. Obviously, as G said in his prayer, this is a sensitive subject, um, and it should be. Um, it's very important to us here at Eden Chapel because it's important to the Lord. And what, what we want to say is we are going to use a lot of very passionate, strong language as far as making it clear what our stance is, what the Bible's stance is on life. But what we don't want to get lost is, in our passion, uh, the fact that God saves people who commit all kinds of sin. Mm -hmm. And Amen. if you are a person, and, and our cry out to you is, if you are a person who has had an abortion or you've uh, pressured someone into having one, we do want to say there is forgiveness and there is healing through Jesus Christ alone. Amen. And we do not condemn you. We do not uh, cast you aside as unforgivable. It is not the unpardonable sin to commit an abortion. But at the same time, we do want to speak clearly and plainly about what we believe is the truth of, of what abortion is. And as we've said before in different times, um, there are folks in our uh, fellowship who have had abortions and they have been some of the most encouraging as far as allowing us freedom to speak clearly about this issue. Um, I've had folks who have told us before, like as in regards, you know, a different topic, but um, divorce, 
you know, people who've been through divorce have appreciated the way we spoke about it because they don't want others to go through what they've been through. They don't want others to have that pain or to deal with those lifelong struggles that they have. So, so first off, we want to say, um, before we get into this, there is forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Amen. So don't, don't misunderstand our passion and what we feel as in there is no forgiveness for you because nothing could be further from the truth. Thank Amen. you for that. Thanks for that. Um, Johnny, I'm going to pass it to you to kind of start us off, kind of painting a truthful picture of what abortion is. We, we see in life, in our daily walk, what a worldview is of it. Um, yeah. And so kind of just start us off with, with a, a more truthful view, if you don't care. Yeah. I would say that abortion is, I think, the greatest tragedy in human history. And I know that's heavy. We know that there's been some pretty horrific things that have happened throughout history. And, I mean, when you think of the Holocaust, when you think of what Stalin did to his own people, when you think of just incredibly awful things that have happened, here's abortion that we know... In America alone, over 60 million mm-hmm. babies have been murdered. And, I mean, statistics show that 600, upwards of 600,000 babies are aborted every year at Planned Parenthood. And to put that in perspective, that is like Seymour High School and Junior High being wiped out every single day for 365 days. Mm-hmm. And it, it is a horrific thing. As we've talked in our last episode, God has a beautiful design for the family. Mm-hmm. One of those beautiful gifts is children. And mm-hmm. as we often say here at church, it is, it's heavy that the most dangerous place on planet Earth is in the mother's womb right now. And we, 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 we want that to change, and mm-hmm. we want we want mothers to know that God loves them and their children, and He has made their He's formed their child in their womb. Mm-hmm. He's knitting them together, and He is more than capable of providing, and He's supplied the church with all that we need to. Uh, face this and care for women and uh, yeah it's I, I, I think everyone would agree the, the most horrific thing in human history and I, I don't think we need to paint it another way thank you for that that's that's so true so what what we want to do today is uh, I'm I'm gonna just fire some questions at you guys um, some beliefs that uh, you hear from the world um, the common arguments, and we'd just like to hear some responses um, and some uh, some combative responses to that, uh, just to kind of point people in a direction so that they can see, um, you know, not our personal stance, but um, God's stance on this, yeah. and kind of keep that in, in the center of it all. So I'll fire away, and you guys can jump in, in and out as you see fit, okay? So the first one we want to kind of talk about, uh, pretty common here, and it's 
the argument of what about rape or incest? What about the mother's health? What about the child's health as a reason to lead you to abortion? Right. I, I think this is probably the most common um, objection because no matter what, however the conversation begins, this is where someone who would be pro-abortion would go to, it seems like. And and it is a very emotionally driven, uh, tug on your heartstrings kind of argument. Um, someone who has had something they did not welcome, someone abused them, and now they're stuck with the fruits of that abuse. And no one, pro-abortion or pro-life, um, would would be happy with this event. No one would be thankful for the event. Um, we would we would pray with and we would cry with the uh, person who's been abused. But at the same time, what we would say is we do not kill a child because of the sins of its father. Um, we do not take its life because the father has sinned. So what I would say is, and we've we've even had this before. I've had some folks reach out to me who a young girl um, was raped by a family member and the family was trying to decide what to do. How do we move forward? And I said, I said exactly that about the sins of the father. And I said, we don't compound one sin with another. That poor little girl is going to have to live with the reality of that rape and deal with that moving forward for the rest of her life. But we also don't want to put on top of that and stack on top of that the murder of our unborn child. Um, we, we know that there's adoption. We know that there's other avenues um, where children can be taken care of well if she's not prepared to be a mother. Um, but at the same time, we don't want to put a layer on top of layer when it's already a difficult situation for the victim to go through. And all of that, along with the reality that less than 2% of abortions are because of rape, incest, or the mother's health. And we, we certainly have empathy and sympathy for anyone who's gone through that. And as Pastor Aaron said, we're, we want to walk with you through that and cry with you through that. But I would say one of my best friends, I know his mother wouldn't mind me saying this, is she was raped by a family member and she carried her baby and gave birth to her. And she has a beautiful daughter who has two beautiful daughters now. And I know that she wouldn't, even if she was dealing with the trauma, uh, the horrific um, memory of what happened to her, she would never ever kill her daughter um, outside of her womb. Why would she do it? inside of her womb. And I think it's important to understand that. Just as Pastor said, we we don't punish a child for the sins of their father. And we could say just clearly right off the bat, there is medically never a reason for the baby to be terminated to protect the health of the mother. That that's a that's a false dichotomy that's put forth by those who are pro abortion. Um, there is never a point where to save the mother, you must kill the baby. You may take the baby prematurely. There's different things that you can do, but just simply taking the baby's life is not an option for saving the mother because it's just not accurate. Yeah. I think that's a good 
that's a good thing to point out um, because that is a dialogue that is used out in the world is that well if it relied on the mother's health um, but I, I agree with that you know there there's other options besides killing the child right um, let's move to the child's health um, we know that this happens in other countries and uh, we know that there are a number of issues that could be going on inside the womb that can be detected nowadays. Um, someone talk to or give some input about um, the child's health as being a reason for abortion. Um, I would say that there's never a reason uh, for abortion. Um, there are several instances where uh, children are, uh, the mothers are being told by the doctor that the that, uh, babies are, have Down syndrome, they uh, um, are going to be born with two hearts, um, and that the, um, the option is available for termination. Um, what I would say to that is in God created um, existence and life um, and creating life he created man out of the earth and he breathed life into the man God breathed life into the man um, the Bible says for you formed my inward parts you knitted me together in my mother's womb I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made wonderful are your works my soul knows it very well the Lord is the one who created life and for us in any instance to say that we are to um, terminate um, life inside the mother to me is um, absolute rebellion to the Lord um, to say in some way I know better than you God um, the life that's within me and that God breathed life into um, so the question to me is there any instance concerning a child's health where the, the, uh, the pregnancy should be terminated absolutely not there is no instance yeah and i think it's scary when when we think we can give doctors or government or anyone the decision to say this child is worth living and this child not yeah. based upon what condition they might have, or um, a mental health issue. I mean, I know when it when it comes to a child with Down syndrome. I mean, my life has been extremely blessed by several people who have Down syndrome, mm. and I think all of us can say the same. I know um, many of us yeah. have experienced that here in our church, and we. I, I get sad when I think about what would life be like if if some families would have listened to their doctors. Mm. And we, we, we don't look to people to say this life's valuable and this life's not. We look to God. And God says that everyone is made in his image and we should value life. Um, and, and that's where we go. Amen. My, my wife's brother, in fact, has Down syndrome. And he is such a joy to be around. Hmm. He brings joy wherever he goes. He always has a smile on his face. Hmm. He functions on a six-year-old level, but he's a 26-year-old man. Um, 
So he's a child. He's a he's a child, but in a man's body, and he's such a joy. Like I said, to be around, to play with, to um, if you ever played video games with someone with Down syndrome, you'll <laughs> never want to play video games with nobody else. Like he's he's a he's one of a kind. So. I think it's a mistake to think that because someone isn't our picture of perfection, they yeah. don't deserve to live. That's right. Um, that's flawed thinking from the beginning. Uh, we were talking in our prep before the show. Um, I know of, of many instances where uh, certain markers were met in pregnancy and doctors suggested, well, your, your daughter, and we know of a girl in our church who uh, her parents were told that she was going to be born with Down syndrome. And they said, no, that's not an option for us. That's not even an option. If she is, we're going to love her yeah, uh, for her time with us. We're trusting the Lord. And she was born a beautiful baby girl who's completely mm-hmm. healthy. So if they would have listened, they would have taken the life of their beautiful girl who is an amazing member of society right now. So, so it's sad when we deem lives worthy or not. Um, and we take the idea of what Johnny said and what God has said when all lives are valuable, valuable. Mm-hmm. all have meaning and worth because we are all created in the image of God. Amen. And I think it's sad that um, we think, we have the, the goal to think that God couldn't use someone in whatever condition that they're yeah. born in. Well, look into. at all of us. We're, yeah. Exactly. We're, we're saved from our trespasses at, and sins. Look at Gary. Amen. <laughs> I'm, just Amen. I'm just kidding. Yeah, Amen. Yeah. Us, <laughs> we, we all have a purpose, um, just like Gary yeah, read, that, that we were formed, and he knew, and he has this purpose for us, and why we as a society believe that we can dictate and play the role of God to determine that this person's not valuable, and this person doesn't have a purpose. It's just, yeah. it's just yeah. mind-blowing, right? Right. Amen. Mm-hmm. We'll move on to the second prompt here. What about God ordaining the destruction and killing of entire civilizations? In the Bible, we read that. Um, and that includes children, and you know that's a that's an argument that you may hear um, coming from the world and say, "Well, God did it, mm-hmm. and we're not doing anything different." Anybody want to t- touch on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got it. Go ahead. I I would just first start off by saying um, God is at a much higher standard than we are, um, and what He's commanded, we follow. So we. We do what he's commanded from, I mean, go to Exodus 20 and read those commandments to start off. And that would, you would see very clearly, do not kill. And so that, that's what we have to understand. When we think about the holiness of God, you would, when we actually fully understand that and that picture, you would understand that none of us even deserve a second of breath. Mm-hmm. And, and when you think of that picture first, that's the biggest picture but then when you when you understand man god's shown me and you and everyone else on this planet the common grace for the next breath then you want to live respecting his design and submitting to his authority and doing what he's called you to do and so uh, when when god's doing things uh, that we see in, uh, in in the old testament where it sounds like man god just is wrathful vengeant god um you see how he justly and righteously punishes sin. It's not easy to deal with, but you can't you can't then go, well, God's a God of love and look at the cross and not see the same God of vengeance and how he destroyed sin there too. Uh, I, I think we need to understand that 
the, the holiness of God is a huge standard. And mm-hmm. if we understood we don't deserve the next breath, mm-hmm. then we would start submitting to his authority uh, a lot better. Amen. Um, speaking on the holiness of God, uh, uh, just God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Um, God is sovereign in all things, and all, all things are to fulfill his purpose and for our good. And it bewilders me at times uh, when uh, when someone would think, well, why does God do this? Why does God do that? Um, the Bible says, so then he has mercy on whomever he wills, and he hardens whomever, whomever he wills. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Who? Are you, O man, to answer back to God? Well, what is molded? Say to its molder, why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? And I read that in a sense to say that God is sovereign over all things. And again, um, his holiness transcends our understanding. We can't even comprehend how holy God is. Hmm. And when God says our ways are not his ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts, he means what he says. That's, that's um, um, my way of saying, you know, to me it's arrogant to say, Lord, why are you doing this or why are you doing that? Instead, you should say, Lord, thank you. Praise you, for I know all things work together for good for those who love God and are called for his purpose, so called according to his purpose. And so that's um, that's what I would say with that. Well, and I think in abortion, we, we tend to play God, yeah. whereas God is holy, as Johnny said, and he, he painted a beautiful picture of that. But what we must not understand, must not forget is that we make ourselves judge, jury, and executioner when God is the only righteous judge. Amen. If he says that a life is to be taken, it is in a righteous reasoning mm-hmm. because God is righteous. Amen. Us to take and play God's part and to say, no, we will be the ones who decide mm-hmm. is just another example of, a, of rebellion of our time Amen. and the spreading of sin even into the most vulnerable of all of us. Mm-hmm. Amen. I, sorry, I, th- I think it's interesting that that argument is used at times, um, manipulated or taken out of context to kind of fit that agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, let's let's look at the third one here, and this one's been shouted from the Capitol steps to everywhere you see a picket line, and it's my body, my choice, uh, meaning the convenience of it. Um, it was an accident, uh, let's just take care of it, we can abort the baby, um, or human autonomy, however you want to describe it. Um, let's, let's kind of spend a few minutes on that my body, my choice argument. Well, sure, and, then, and that is a very common argument, because if we're honest, well over 90% of all abortions are simply out of convenience. And this is something that would cramp my style. This is something that would change my life dramatically. And of course it would, but we aren't responsible enough to say, well, there's something that causes that. 
sex outside of marriage is what causes pregnancy. Or, you know, sex period causes pregnancy. First <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thing. Uh, that's what we tell, tell the kids to keep them away, right? <laughs> Don't hold hands, you'll get pregnant. But anyway. No purple. Yeah, no purple. But no, the whole idea is, again, that my, my own personal idea of joy, my own standard is the highest good for me. When we have a creator who's created us for a purpose and for a reason, and he has laid out his ways in, in sacred scripture. And so as many people who are outside of Christ see the law of God as this binding, uh, restrictive, joy-stealing um, tool, Christians see it as the path to holiness and the path to joy. We see God's plans, the one who, as Bobby, as you said before, who spoke the universe into existence, I think he would know a little bit about what it takes to bring joy to his creation. And if he has went so far as to call us the crown jewel of what he's created, then we ought to follow his plan. And that is to be fruitful and multiply, to fill the earth, to subdue it, and to use all that we can in leveraging it for his glory and his namesake. So... Mm -hmm. To say that we know better or to say that the taking of a life of another image bearer of God, not in self-defense, mm -hmm. but in its most um, innocent state, mm -hmm. is the abject epitome and apex of wickedness. Yep. Amen. Yeah, and a couple of things wrong with that is my body, my choice doesn't really hold a lot of weight because within my body, I can't just do whatever I please. I like there's laws against me doing a lot of things. We'll strip and walk down yeah. the middle of town, yeah. right? <laughs> exactly. I wasn't gonna go there, but you well, did. And I appreciate well, it. Yeah. You know, you're good at that, and I'm not good at stripping and walking down there. But um, uh, yeah. goodness gracious, where are we going? But uh, th that's the truth of it: is I can't just do whatever I please in my body because it's my body, my choice. Mm -hmm. That that's a that's a flawed argument, anyways. But secondly. That's not your body. Mm, it's yes. another human mm -hmm. inside of your body. And God has created and beautifully made it where the, the child is dependent on the mother, but it's not the body of the mother. And so it's a, it's a flawed argument uh, to begin with. It all just comes down to basically convenience. Just, just a couple of stats that really baffle me. I mean, this is from 2004. Um, I thought this was pretty crazy. Just in 2004, just imagine it today. But when when women were asked why they had abortions, uh, some of these overlap, so the percentages won't add up to 100% because some of them check two boxes or more. Having a baby would dramatically, dra dramatically change my life. 74% said that's the reason. 73%, I can't afford a baby right now. 48% don't want to be a single mother or I'm having relationship problems. Or 38%, this is pretty sad. I've completed my childbearing. And so it, just pure convenience is the sad reality of it. But it's not your body. You're, you're ending the life of someone else. Mm -hmm. And it's their body that you're harming. Amen. I think a good argument is you, you wouldn't necessarily find it justified to harm another body outside of the womb. Yeah. What, why can you justify doing it inside of the womb? Yeah. Well, it, when, when a child is so dependent on us, 
you know, to protect it at its most vulnerable. That's when it's, you know, like, like we've said before, the, the womb of a mother is the most dangerous place to be in the world. Like, just the thought of that, how we come to that. And it, and it all goes back to what G uh, brought up in the last uh, podcast episode was, it's all in regards to sexual immorality. You know, choosing who you want to be with when, no strings attached, not being responsible, not thinking about God's plan for our life, but simply our lust for the time. And we will go as far to fulfill our lust as to take the life of another, even in its most vulnerable and innocent state. Mm -hmm. So all of these topics we've kind of argued back and forth about, what are we going to do to fight it? What can we do to fight it? Aaron, do you just maybe apologetically share the sled argument if you have that on hand? Yeah, yeah, I think for Christians, we need to to know the facts, um, but mainly we need to know the Bible, right? It's, it starts with knowing Scripture, and that, that's the way that we attack any injustice in our world is not by our, our opinions because that's what got us there in the first place. It's taking truths of the Scripture and applying them to each and every subject. So uh, knowing what God's Word says as far as um, Proverbs 24, 10, and 11, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. So speak up for those who have no voice. Mm -hmm. Just because we simply can't hear the cries of the babies doesn't mean that they're not uh, in grave danger. We, we see um, videos of babies recoiling as the abortion... Um, what's being placed in there to tear the baby literally limb from limb or chemically burn the child, we're seeing the babies recoil in reaction to that. Like, when, when they need our protection the most, we're letting them down by saying, well, yeah, it's right, it's their choice, but what we need to do is bring to bear the truth of the Scriptures. And how we do so, one of the great arguments that's given that every pro-life person can know, and of course, every Christian should know when combating those who are pro-abortion is what is known as Johnny referred to as the SLED argument. And it's easy to remember. It's an acronym, SLED. And the first one is, we do not kill anyone simply because of their size. So my wife is a little undersized. She's a little short, you know, can I take her out? Um, no, of course not, because that's ludicrous. To say it's just small or it's at the beginning of its development, we would say the Christian worldview says at conception, a baby is a unique life. It has its own unique DNA and all the genetic makeup of a unique person at conception. And so we would also play that back to case law in Exodus 21, where two men are in a fight and the mother's pregnant and her baby dies. Well, that is the blood guilt brought upon those men for killing that child. So that's where we would base that for. So sled, right? First one is size. We do not kill someone because of their size. The L is we do not kill someone because of their level of development. Because um, someone isn't to a certain point doesn't mean we have permission to take their lives. We go back to, to our small children because they're not so developed. How, how far can we go till they're four, till they're five? 
because they're not developed to a certain point, is it okay that they wouldn't understand completely that we take their life? Of course not. That's a ludicrous thought. Next, environment. We don't kill someone simply because of where they are. We don't kill them because they're in uh, a certain place, a certain room. Well, my goodness, we definitely do not take their life because they're in their mother's womb, the place where they should be the safest, where they should be nurtured and given the opportunity to grow. And then finally, dependency. Simply because someone is dependent on us, we don't take their life. Um, so many people have this idea of the American dream and all these other things of, of what it means to be successful and have a happy life. Well, I don't need someone drawing off of me. We've totally missed the whole idea of giving and loving others and being sacrificial. And it's all being sacrificed on the altar, again, of sexual immorality. So, so that's it. That's the sled argument. We don't kill someone because of their size, the level of development, the environment, or their dependency upon us. And it's, it's pretty interesting because you read that whole thing, you hear that, and it's crazy how that's now going to the other end of life now too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just because of someone's level of dependency, uh, just because of the development, and I guess almost decay, you could see in that way, or their dependency, well, let's just pull the plug on it. And, you know, it, it's, it's crazy. We want to be people that care about life from conception all the way until we bury someone. Mm-hmm. And we want, uh, you know, it's the same thing, the giving thing. We want to give to babies. We want to give to, to families that need it. But we also want to support our elders and love them until their dying breath. We want to love them because God loves life. Yeah. Womb to the tomb. Yeah. So, There's so much pressure being put upon elderly folks because they're a burden on their family. Yeah. When in reality, they've spent their life loving and raising us. So it's our honor to take to them. Yeah, I know so many things are difficult. I know so many things can be awkward. But at the same time, we're going to be there too. And we need to think of it on a level of being good stewards and paying it forward and loving them as the privilege they are to love. Mm -hmm. So let's finish this out here. What can we do as a church? What are some specifics? For the people listening that Eden Chapel or people at their church or people as the global church, what can we do? Speak up, as Aaron said. Mm-hmm. There's people, there's little babies on their way to essentially death row. And we need to speak up. We need to engage our culture. As we've said in our last episode, our culture is doing a great job discipling our children we need to do a much better job discipling our children about life. Uh, we need to care for mothers um, that are dealing with unplanned, unwanted pregnancies. We need to meet them where they are. We need to start building resources and be available. Isn't if, that an answer, Johnny, though, to another objection? Right. Like when when it said, well, you Christians only care about the baby being born. Yeah. You know, right? Like, yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like exactly. Like, I think of in my own life, my, my little niece was a product of a sex trafficker who had a, the, the woman was a prostitute and got pregnant and he wanted, he wanted her to abort her. He wanted uh, the, the prostitute to abort my little niece who's now in my family and 
by God's grace, the, the mom didn't listen. She gave birth to my niece and by God's providence and design, my sister fostered her and, and brought her into our family through adoption. I think of my own son, like, you know, I can't imagine um, the pressure that was put on his mother, but I praise God that she carried Damien all the way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and he's, he's in our family now. Uh, we want to care about life. And we want, if we meet a mother struggling with unplanned, unwanted pregnancy, say, and she said, what am I going to do? We, we want to have the resources to say, we will take care of your baby, whether it be supporting you or if we need to adopt, we'll do it. We want to be ready um, and, and kind of put our, our money where our mouth is in a way uh, to be ready to to show and, and display that we do care about life mm-hmm. from womb to tomb, as G said. Thank you for that. Uh, I think it's important as we kind of wrap this up uh, to, to make a final um, just statement here that if you are dealing with this or if you have dealt with this, we are praying for you and we want to be a resource for you. Yeah. Amen. Uh, here at Eden Chapel, um, you know, this affects so many people and there's so many pressures out there in the world uh, that are driving you a certain way and um, here at Eden Chapel, we do want to, we want to be that resource for you and the challenge to the people listening is to step up um, mm-hmm. and provide those resources for those that are in need. That's, that's part of our duty uh, and call from God because that leads to discipleship, which we've talked about in in a previous podcast. Yeah. Amen. Gentlemen, any other final thoughts on this as we're wrapping up today? Yeah. Well, uh, Jonathan, will you close us in prayer? And uh, thank you again, gentlemen, for being here today. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this day, and we thank you for the gift of life. And we thank you that every single person who's ever lived, um, who's ever been conceived, is created in your image, knit together in their mother's womb. And as we just think about all that we've talked about this this evening, uh, I, I pray that you would raise up an army in your church that would devote our lives to caring, to caring for life, to to seeing this horrific time come to an end. I pray that in our lifetime we know that justice has roared because abortion has ended and for that you use us for that. And I pray that there's coming a day that we can rejoice knowing that it is the safest place to be in this planet is inside a mother's womb. God, I, I just pray that this this would cease. I pray that you would do what only you can do, that you would give us grace to be faithful, to be bold, um, to meet people where they're at, to listen, to care, and to provide. And I know that you are more than capable of doing just that. I know that you provide for the sparrows and how much more significant are people who are created in your image. So God, use us. Do it for your glory so that the world will know that you are God. Mm-hmm. And we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for Jesus. We pray all these things in his name. Amen. 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 Gentlemen, again, thank you for discussing this topic today. Uh, tough conversation, but thank you for being a part of it. Um, thank you for joining us today on the EC Podcast. 
If you don't have a church home or church family, you can join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. If you're outside of the area, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing church for fellowship and worship. Till next time, God bless.